We all have pasts. We all made choices that maybe weren't the best ones. None of us are completely innocent. But we get a fresh start every day to be a better person than we were yesterday. You're listening to the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. I appreciate you joining me today. If you haven't already subscribed, you can join on all the major social network, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble. We're also on all the major podcast networks, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And this show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. We all have pasts. What a good quote you guys picked for today from the community. For those of you who uh, who aren't familiar with how the show works, basically we unpack the most popular post from the Facebook page on Wisdom Worth Knowing. Uh, I post probably about three to five of my favorite quotes a day. So make sure you sign up for Facebook to check that out. But um, I let the community decide what the best topic is based on their feedback. You know, based on how many likes and shares and engagement it gets. And this one was, we all have pasts. We all made choices that maybe weren't the best ones. None of us are completely innocent, but we get a fresh start every day to be a better person than we were yesterday. If you're familiar with the show, you probably can already tell why I really like this one. There's a lot of reasons. So we'll unpack that. Um, We'll talk about it at the beginning part of the show, and then we will move into discussion time. If you uh, are joining the show and want to participate in the conversation while it's live, it's 6 a.m. Eastern right now, by the way, February 25th, just uh, head on over to the Facebook page or the YouTube live stream, and you can participate in the chat there. I monitor the chat during the show. If not, totally fine. The show is designed so you can listen to it and consume it pretty much anytime. 6 a.m. is incredibly early, especially East Coast, so most normal people are not awake this early let alone sitting in front of their computers prepared to watch a podcast. So let's start with the first part of that. We all have pasts. You know, it's really weird how we, as human beings, have this tendency to see ourselves as unrealistically robotic. You know, it's like we we view ourselves, and I know this is true in my experience, we tend to have unreasonable expectations on ourselves as humans. And we, we don't see ourselves as a as a developing creature, even though if you look at like the human condition, like biologically, that's what we are. Like we are we are developing humans from from the moment we are conceived. Like there's a path of progression that is going to happen. <laughs> and and life follows that path of growth. And sometimes I sit and wonder, and and I get this, I definitely get it because I do it too. I I, I sit and wonder like of how, I wonder why we're so blind to the reality of of how life just works. If you look at anything that develops over time and grows, I'm going to use probably the analogy a lot this morning of like a plant. If you look at a plant and you see how it grows, you know, it obviously starts as a seed and then it sprouts and then it eventually breaks out from the earth and it grows up 
but a plant certainly isn't going to sit there and regret it being a small bud at some point in its life. It's like, man, I wish I was so much bigger back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, I mean, plants, they just grow. Like there is a process they have to go through. As human beings, we um, we seem to not want to believe that that is true for us as well. We seem to want to believe that there is that we should not have, we should have not needed to even go through the early stages of development for ourselves. And I don't just mean this biologically. Like I don't mean like childhood development. Like there's there's several types of growth we all go through, right? We go through we go through emotional development. We go through physical development. We go through mental development. We go through cognitive development. I feel like we would all give ourselves some more grace if we understood how our brains develop too. I'm not I'm not an expert in the area of brain development, but what little I do know about cognitive development, especially when I started raising kids and I started to kind of learn a little bit more about how our brains develop as humans, is like even in terms of thinking abstractly and how our emotions change over time and and how we learn to reconcile our emotions like we're, we're all humans right like we all have to go through this process and we all do develop at different like rates believe me all this is leading somewhere the we all have pasts the very first part of this this quote is is an open admission that we all have grown we've all we're all going or have gone through stages of setbacks stages of disappointment stages of 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 being immature like we all have pasts we all have embarrassing moments frustrating moments annoying moments good moments but we all have we all have an accumulation of things that have happened to us and things that we've made mistakes on and things that we've just naturally not done well like we do, we just all have that. And acknowledging that at the forefront of anything that we're we're dealing with today is incredibly valuable, especially if we see ourselves as a developing human. I don't know what it is, and maybe you guys can offer me an explanation for this that makes sense. I mean, I, I've got some ideas, but maybe you can offer me a better explanation. I do not know why we look at ourselves and we expect perfection when literally nothing else in reality is perfect. Nothing. Like literally nothing. An observable reality. Almost everything is is in development or in a stage of development or growth. In any living thing. So we do. We all have these pasts. And then the next part is we've all made choices that maybe weren't the best ones. Well, of course we have, right? There's, there's the, depending on the environment we've grown up in, depending on the circumstances surrounding our growth, depending on, on our experience at the time we made those decisions, depending on whether we fell into a trap, because life has many, many traps, We didn't have experience. So we, we did make choices that maybe weren't the best ones. Hopefully, because what's the alternative? If we didn't make choices, then we didn't exist. 
And inevitably, because we make choices, we're going to make bad ones. That's part of experience, right? That's that's part of being a human being. Hopefully, we've made choices. If if we have made choices in our life, and we talked about that yesterday, you're free to choose, but you're not free from the consequences of those choices. But if we've made choices, then we've certainly made ones that weren't the best ones. I'm making choices today that already aren't the best ones. I mean, that's just part of reality. We're, we're First of all, we have finite knowledge. We don't have any concept of, of all of the ways our choices are affecting ourselves and others. We just, we just don't have that information, and we never will. So, of course, we're going to make decisions that aren't the best ones. We still are actively making decisions that aren't the best ones. Hopefully, we're just making decisions. That's For some people, that is difficult. Making any choice <laughs> because we get into the analysis paralysis. And then, and then if we are making choices, they aren't the best ones. So then we move on to the next part of this quote, which says, none of us are completely innocent. Now that, wow, that one's perfect. All right. Who among us is perfect? Are we unreasonably comparing ourselves to an illusion? The um, the Christian faith has a has a tend has a not tendency, but it has a foundation of comparing yourself to Christ. But it it is a, not in any denial about the fact that we aren't Him. It acknowledges hu- that we're human and going to make mistakes. The twelve people that followed Him closest were the ones that were so ridiculously aware of the impossibility of being perfect to the point of telling Christ himself, like, how is this even possible, man? <laughs> We're human beings. How is this even? And then, and then Christ would reply, he's like, with human powers, it's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. Of course, the implication being that, of course, even, even the God of the universe, according to Christianity, acknowledged that perfection is impossible by your power alone. You know, and, and you will need help on this path. This is not something that that we're going to be able to do on our own ever. So none of us are completely innocent. None of us. And we all have some history and baggage and darkness that we're carrying around with us that we may be even not even sharing it with everybody. We all have it. Hopefully, we're developing the courage to share it with people. There's nothing worse than trying to carry a darkness all by yourself. But I get it. Like, you don't want to walk around bragging about all the bad things you've done. None of us do. We're not proud of it in most cases. Maybe we're not even sure why we're ashamed of it. But we certainly don't want to let anybody in, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's hopefully we're moving toward that. But none of us are completely innocent. But we get a fresh start every day to be a better person than we were yesterday. And this, of course, is the cornerstone of a lot of of um, of, of my philosophy that I talk about on the show a lot is that the only thing we can really do is sit down and try to be a better person than we were the day before. None of us are completely innocent, but we get a fresh start every day to be a better person than we were yesterday. Acknowledging that there are corners of our personality and our, in our lives 
that are dark or in darkness is that first step to make to taking or moving toward growth acknowledging and being aware of our failures and our lack of innocence this this is a word that is frequently not used anymore by people but it was called humility let me look up the definition so we can get the the actual concrete definition of humility but this um the dictionary definition is a modest or low view of one's own importance or humbleness i don't know if i like the use of the word importance in that definition of course this one says humility is the quality of being humble aren't you not supposed to use the word in the definition <laughs> I guess humble is technically a different word. Okay, freedom from pride or arrogance. I like that one. Interesting. Anyways, I'm not going to get caught up in these definitions, but that's a good one. Freedom from pride or arrogance. Humility. If we don't acknowledge, I guess, this reality that we are not completely innocent and we are in progress and we already think that we're perfect and we have it all together, first of all, we're setting ourselves up for a downfall, right? Because we are going to fail if we haven't already. There's no more boring conversation you can have than with somebody who already has figured everything out all the time and they're not in process. Right? Like all of us are in some way developing. But this humility is a good trait because it does put us in a position of learning all the time. And I think that's a great place to be as an individual. If we if we start our day every morning with that realization that, hey, there's something I can learn today. You know, I've I've done great. Like I'm not saying beat yourself up and talk down to yourself, but in fact you should do the opposite. You should say, hey. I'm still developing, like especially if that, that, that hamster wheel of anxiety and depression and self-loathing crawls into your head. You can say, yeah, I wasn't perfect yesterday or last week or last year, but you know what? Today I'm making decisions that are moving me in the right direction. It's moving toward perfection or aiming for the goal. And of course, knowing full well, you might not ever get there, but all that matters is that we are moving in that direction. And if we don't stop to actually take the time to acknowledge the fact that we've actually had failures, we like to, and, and part of me is thinking, you may be sitting there thinking, oh, sure, Craig, that's easy for you to say, but you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. It's done. That's my gut response to that. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're holding on to, you can even close your eyes and visualize yourself doing it because you, you know specifically what it is. It, it haunts you, keeps you up at night, turns you red thinking about it, makes your blood boil. 
makes your skin flush in embarrassment. Whatever it is, it's done. Let it go. Drop the rock. The only way to move forward with things that are so heavy and so devastatingly haunting is to drop them. These things weigh you down. Regret, bad decisions, painful memories. Life is hard enough carrying a load, caring enough about what's immediately around you. It's it's tremendously heavy as it is. You don't need to carry more weight. This is why I believe and have come to believe, because at one point I was agnostic. I have come to believe that Christianity is the ultimate solution to this darkness, this weight problem. Unconditional forgiveness is the cornerstone of being able to walk with a less heavy load, to walk in freedom, to function with regret. Because even accepting this forgiveness can take a tremendous amount of time. Accepting the reality that we all have dark pasts and that if we don't just accept the forgiveness that was given to us, that eventually the, the weight of that past will crush us. Because we, we don't get stronger over time physically always. And I get it. Carrying that around with you, you're afraid if you don't carry it around with you. If you don't carry that weight around with you, you're afraid that you'll do it again. Or, oh no, that keeps me in check. And I guess there's some truth to that. There's some truth to carrying around your regrets all the time so that you, you think it makes you a better person. And maybe for now it does, but Hopefully you're aiming toward eventually dropping that weight, even if it's a little bit of it every day. Because motivation built on regret and fear and guilt doesn't last forever. That motivation will burn out. But forgiving yourself, motivation built on gratitude, because you've been forgiven, you have a second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, hundredth chance. Opportunities built on on love and forgiveness rather than regret and guilt. Now that's a foundation that is limitless. But it does work or creates the illusion of working. In my experience, this was true. I, I, I would frequently carry around worries, anxieties, and stresses, and disappointments, and have a full laundry list of things I've done wrong and am doing wrong in order to keep myself better. In order to make myself a better person, I have to carry all this stuff around with me. But it probably wasn't until my late 20s, early 30s that I really t- started to, to wrestle with and grasp this concept of forgiveness. And first of all, if 
The God of the universe will forgive us for everything we've done. We certainly should start forgiving ourselves, or at least start moving in that direction. He doesn't want us to be motivated by guilt. If he did, he never would have sent Christ. We would still be living under a law, commandments, in fear of hell. You know, the, the whole dynamic relationship between man and God changed when forgiveness came into the equation. That's literally the whole cornerstone of what he did. Now, I know, I know not everybody appreciates Christianity, but even if you're not a Christian, it's, it's the same principle is true. Like, you have to be find a way to forgive yourself. You have to. You cannot move forward without it. Or, or you will be hamstrung. I guess you can move forward, but you'll be hamstrung because you'll constantly be bad beating yourself back down as you succeed. And you'll think you don't deserve success. You don't deserve love. You don't deserve friendship. You don't deserve, you don't deserve. Because here's all the things that are wrong with me. I guess I'm here to tell you that it seems to work and maybe that's what you need to do for now. But there is a better way. And if, if you don't do it through Christianity, that's fine. But find a way to forgive yourself for that so you can continue to move forward. And I get it. I do. I, I, you're, I'm, I'm seriously, I, I carry around. I've got a past. I have history. I've made plenty of mistakes. No more's a, nobody is more aware of that than I am. <laughs> I know me very well. But I have learned that I do a better job of being a better person if I forgive myself rather than hold on to it and beat myself into good behavior. And there is a book, it is called Drop the Rock. It is originally, in, in, um, it's an addiction book, but it still works for everybody, I think. But there's a quote in it that says, God does not open flowers with sledgehammers. You cannot beat yourself into development. You cannot use the weapons of guilt, the weapons of anxiety, the weapons of worry, the weapons of, of regret to beat yourself into being a better person. It is better to just accept what you've done, forgive yourself for it, and then that will at least cultivate the soil or create the foundation for you to, con to, be, to continue growing. And that's going to just take time after that. And, and we're not going to do this perfectly. We're not going to forgive ourselves perfectly, but we got to keep moving in that direction, you know? Excellent, excellent choice for yesterday's quote. We all have pasts. We've, we've all made choices that maybe weren't the best ones. Guarantee you that. None of us are completely innocent, but we get a fresh start every day to be a better person than we were yesterday. So we're going to be moving into discussion time here. If you uh, want to participate in the conversation, just head on over to Facebook or YouTube's live stream. And I will read the comments out loud on the show so you don't have to be in the chat in order for the discussion time to work for you. And uh, we will discuss those as those comments come through. I don't expect a whole lot of activity, like I said, super early in the morning. But before we move into the discussion time, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. 
With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right. For 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing, any book at all. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing dot org and sign up right now. The titles on there are quite good, actually. If you go to that, go to that, the audible.wisdomworthknowing.org, you will actually see a thumbnail preview of all of the books that are free. And and they're all really good ones, really popular, including New York Times bestsellers. So it's not like the free library of books nobody wants to listen to. <laughs> There's a lot of really good ones on there. So it'll be, it's a good opportunity to kind of experiment. So let's move into the discussion time. Um, Randy says, two times in jail in Mississippi, but with God first, sky is the limit. Now certified electrician. So you're, here's a gentleman that's awesome, first of all. Like, that's that's a good definition of literal hell. You know, like, being through literal hell, um, facing jail time, I mean, for decisions we've made. And then you've got a redemption story now, right? You've been through, you've been in darkness. And not everybody comes out of that darkness or that dark place. That's awesome. Sky is the limit. What's weird is we think that since we've made bad choices that we we assume we don't have any potential anymore. I don't know why we think that. Most of the people who are the strongest people I know have been in very, very dark places, and that's how they got there. That's how they got the strength. It's a completely different mindset when you realize that hardship, even if it's self-inflicted, produces perseverance and strength. And then we get super embarrassed about the hardships we've endured. But those hardships are like the foundation of our current strength. And sure, yeah, we could have avoided it. But we, we were human beings and we made mistakes. It's really hard to get to the point of realizing that we are just human beings in development. I, I, I get it. I do it too. Randy also says, drop them. Drop the rocks. <laughs> Don't carry them around with you. Even if you got to drop one little rock every day, start moving toward it. And Cindy says, yes, forgiveness is key. I mean, what's the alternative, right? The alternative is, and I get why we hang on to things, kind of like I said earlier. I think we hang on to things because we're afraid if we drop them that we'll repeat them, the mistakes. And guilt and worry and anxiety, they do, they do work. They just don't work really well. I think they change our behavior, but they don't change our hearts. 
and they do motivate us, but they don't, they aren't effective long-term motivation tools. So I think that's the trap, right? Is we can start using guilt and worry and anger to beat ourselves into changing our behavior. But that behavioral change is just external. You know, it just changes our behavior. It doesn't change our heart. I think in order for us to be able to change our hearts, we have to move to a better form of motivation. I mean, I think maybe it does even change our heart, but it doesn't change our heart for the better. Like it, it actually, it like sucks us dry almost instead. And so kind of moving past the anger-based motivation and into a more love-based motivation of, of forgiving ourselves, it, it may not change our behavior immediately because we've let things go, but it starts to transform our heart into more of, a, more of one of self-acceptance. And then from that kind of springs genuine behavioral changes. And that's one thing I have kind of noticed in my experience is, and I think maybe this is part of the reason we struggle with it so much is that if we forgive ourselves, I don't think it really does is super effective in the short term behavioral change. If we beat ourselves emotionally down, we can change our, our behavior immediately, but it's not a good long-term solution. Like beating ourselves down over and over again, over it's, it's like a poison over time, you know? Whereas the other one is actually a heart solution. And while it may not change our behavior immediately, moving toward forgiveness begins to heal that part of ourselves so that we can actually change our behavior, but from a, from a different point. I hope that makes sense. Like um, the foundation of our behavioral change is, is a healthier one, which I believe will actually make that change more permanent in the long run because it's almost like you've i've got this sudden visualization where where there's like a there's two parts of yourself like there's this there's this, all of these this there's this thing you did that you regret and you beat yourself up about and it's kind of like separate from your your soul like you're kind of floating out there and you're constantly there's this constant friction there and these regrets are kind of beating against you all the time and you're just kind of using it as a way of pounding yourself into behavioral changes. And it's like a rock and you're carrying it with you. And then I feel like the, the, the process of forgiveness kind of starts to fuse that part of yourself. It kind of assimilates that thing that is floating out there. It kind of allows it to combine or assimilate into your character. So forgiving yourself for that thing kind of allows it to become a part of you. It allows you to accept that part of you that that you are denying. And if we can learn to assimilate these dark parts of ourselves into our character, into our soul, I don't I don't think I think that's really all we can do. And guilt and regret don't allow for that assimilation process. It doesn't allow for that self-acceptance. And so that thing will always be out there beating you. And I think we really do need some way of, of reconciling all of these regrets that we have. 
I hope I'm communicating that effectively. The limitations of language on these topics is very difficult. But I, I hope that I'm communicating it. But that but being able to assimilate the darkest part of ourselves into ourselves. Peterson alludes to this a lot. He's a guy I follow a lot. He seems to understand like if we don't learn to understand our own darkness, we cannot be good people. If we do not move toward assimilating the darkest parts of ourselves into our character rather than denying them, eventually the darkness will take us. We will become the thing we fear the most if we do not reconcile it and accept it for what it is. Because only through that acceptance, and remember, acceptance doesn't mean we're going to keep doing it, right? Acceptance means we need to, to reconcile that part of ourselves into our character so that we can master it. We can overcome it. I hope that makes sense. Kim says, if you can never forgive yourself, you can never truly forgive others. Wow, we could talk about that for an hour. That's awesome. When I finally let go of self-sabotaging physically and emotionally is when I found peace. Self-sabotaging. People will always disappoint, but that does not define you as a person. It defines their character. I'm grateful for my salvation and trust in him alone to carry me through. We all have... We all have had hard knocks in life that can either break us or make us. I choose today to continue working through obstacles instead of being defeated by such circumstances. It is a process. And it is. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of work. I love that whole post you made. And there's a lot there. And there are time limitations on the show. But like we, like we could discuss that for a long time. Like that first part, we say you can never forgive your. If you can never forgive yourself, you can never truly forgive others. That's true. Like if we are angry and bit, if we genuinely believe that guilt and anger and resentment are effective tools for changing our behavior, then we will certainly think that guilt and anger and resentment are effective tools for changing others. And so we will use that, those weapons on other people. We will use guilt, anger, and resentment on other people. We will make them feel guilty. We will make them angry. We will make them resentful. Because we believe these tools work on us. And these are just emotional tools, right? Our, you talk to people who have issues with these problems. They they do they use them because they've worked for them up to that point. People don't people don't just use these tools because they just use them. They they use them because up to that point, that's the best emotional tool they have for dealing with whatever the situation is at that point. But if if we embrace those emotional tools as a resolution to our own problems, then like you said, we will use those tools and weapons on other people. If we don't learn to forgive ourselves as a part of growing and, and loving ourselves as a part of growing, then, then we will not be able to use the, that same... If we can't do it to ourselves, we certainly can't do it to other people. If we can't forgive ourselves, we definitely can't forgive other people. If we beat ourselves with guilt and anxiety, then we will beat other people with guilt and anxiety. That's actually an excellent point. You know, it's not even something I considered this morning when I was reading this quote, is that if we don't master this part of ourselves, this ability to reconcile our own guilt and anxiety in ourselves, 
then, then we certainly cannot use those same tools on other, in our relationships. Like you said, if we if we self sabotage, if when we finally let go of self sabotaging physically and emotionally, like if we think self sabotaging ourselves emotionally, physically and emotionally is is effective, then we are going to sabotage others physically and emotionally. If we've accepted those emotional tools as solutions to our problems, then we'll use them. If we're using them on ourselves, we'll use them on others. That's super sobering. That's actually kind of scary. <laughs> kind of makes me wonder how how much in my early 20s I, I manipulated people with guilt and worry and anxiety. How much I tried to use those tools on other people. Awesome post, Kim. Thanks for sharing that. Ari says, when I started to think I was able to be as smart as my brother, just changing the way I was used to think in the pages people I was going to follow or read. My skills increase. Now I feel stronger and smarter. There are no limits. You can change your settings, choices, thoughts, and habits and motivation. It's up to you. Good post. Another good post. You guys are rocking it today. It is up to us. It starts with us. I think all of the problems, all of the problems in the world can be explained in that way, in my opinion. I think everything we witness in the world is an outgrowth of individual choices. That's that's why the 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 byline of this the entire wisdom worth knowing page is that you know people say politics are downstream from culture and but but i believe culture is downstream from wisdom and wisdom is an individual choice thing like we choose of the seven billion people on the planet we all make individual choices every day and they manifest themselves in what's going on in the world over time and we as we participate in that grand scheme of things can only really control what we do as individuals and we are either contributing to the problem or we are we are working toward being the best version of ourselves so that we aren't contributing to the problem in as individuals. And we make choices every day that do that, that either move us towards toward success. Or towards chaos. We're either moving toward order or toward chaos every day when we make our decisions. We're either reassembling the parts of life together to make life more complete or breaking things apart. And it is up to us as individuals. And if we were just smart enough to accept that the small corner of the world that we occupy is really the only corner we have any control over, the sooner we accept that, the 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 easier our lives are going to be, first of all, because we're not going to take responsibility for others, for their choices, I should say. I mean, it is good to actually take care of others, but we're not going to take responsibility for their choices. And we're going to judge people less because we've got plenty of work to do. If we stop and take the time to work on ourselves, like honestly and completely, we are not going to have time 
for others. And then the, the, the better version of ourselves we become will spill over into other people's lives in a positive way. If we become better versions of ourselves, we will positively affect those around us. It is a byproduct of individual growth. I genuinely believe that. The, the, the most loving thing we can do is make sure that we are taking care of ourselves and making sure that we are emotionally, psychologically, and physically healthy so that we can pour over into other people. That's the, the most loving thing we can do for other people. People don't really need rescued. They need to see that it is possible to be strong. And the only way we see that is by witnessing it in other people. Otherwise, it's just words. You know, if people aren't living it, it's just words and they don't believe you. But if they see it, they believe it. Seeing is believing. How much more blessed are those who don't see and believe, right? <laughs> All right, we got time for one more. Trisha says, eight times tried suicide. Those drove me to it will not win. How's that for embracing darkness? Wow. It's incredible. I don't know. Keeping the resentment of them doing what they did drive me that to that. So I never try again keeps me from trying again. So I don't know. I'm far those that drove me. But it's still stuck in my head. Honestly. That's heavy. That's that's a very, very heavy topic. And you do what you got to do um, to get through that. I The only thing I can do is, is say my experience and, and what has worked for me. But I do know that these aren't things that happen overnight. How you are going to reconcile what was done to you, which is horrific, by the way. How you're going to reconcile that internally only, only you can figure that out. I cannot figure that out for you. I just don't. That That is, like you said, it is, it is a deep darkness. That's a very difficult thing. You're not alone. Suicide is is really, um, a lot of people are struggling with depression right now. The, the numbers are staggering. So you are not alone. And Sometimes the best thing to do in those situations when you don't know how to do it is to reach out to other people in support groups, therapy, psychiatry, to, to figure out how they were able to do it. I don't have experience in that area. I'm not super, I'm not going to be super helpful to you. I don't, I don't know how to reconcile that part of yourself to yourself. I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like. But I can tell you there probably are hundreds, thousands of people who do. And there's not weakness in reaching out, you know, reading books, maybe of people who have struggled with it in the past, you know, just, just learning more about how you process that emotionally and are processing that emotionally and, and trying to discover how the healthiest, the healthiest route for you is really the best thing I can think for you to do. And again, I don't know what that's going to look like for you. It's kind of amazing. And then once you've mastered that tool, then, then you are in a position to help others master it. It's amazing what people have accomplished from extreme darkness. There's a book that, um, that's quite good called An Unquiet Mind. It was actually recommended to me. And it's about a lady who suffered from a severe um, 
a severe manic depressive disorder. And she was able to not only overcome it, but master it and become a, like a doctor in that area. And it is a, is an amazing story of how dark her life became and how she came out of that darkness. Highly recommend it, but it's a perfect example of each person's individual battle. We don't get to choose our battles in a lot of cases, especially if it's biological and it's a medical condition. But it is a great example of how somebody went to absolute darkness and came out of it. And in, in their story is not going to be your story. Your story is going to be different. Your darkness is going to be different. But just kind of seeing how these are stories we love, right? These are redemption stories. So... I want to thank you all for sharing with me today. We're going to close out. Um, and before I go, remember this show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble, so make sure you subscribe and share and like all of the videos across the board. That does help them get more views and it actually helps them bump them up on the search results so anything you can do for that will help the show grow um, you can also subscribe on apple podcasts google podcasts and uh, spotify uh, if you go to wisdomworthknowing.org there are direct links to connecting to the show you can also listen to the show directly on wisdomworthknowing.org there's a donate button there for um for anybody interested in monetarily helping the show grow no problem if uh, you don't want to not a big deal at all so until next time, let's close today with, we all have pasts. We all made choices that maybe weren't the best ones. None of us are completely innocent, but we get a fresh start every day to be a better person than we were yesterday. So let's work on that today. Let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can and be a better version of ourselves than we were yesterday, because that's really all we can do. So I'll see you all tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. bright and early, and we will uh, do it again. Have a great day.